Hello, I'm Scott, and you're listening to Talking Utter Slot. Some folk wonder if he's real or just a figment of my imagination. But I met him and the podcast dog yesterday at a pub in deepest Berkshire, so he must be real. What's that? Is there any photographic proof? Sadly not. I only took pictures of my food. But he's here now. It's the Boogaloo man himself. Pedro. In this edition of Talking Out a Slot, we'll be clarifying my confusion over who was the magnet man, wondering why someone has taken their slot car on a world tour, and getting excited about slot cars and the upcoming trip to Abergavenny. We've had a letter. Two, in fact. Mailbag? Really? No. Okay, more digital communications. But it's the thought that counts. The first was from a very nice man who came up to say hello to me at Orpington Swap Meet, whose name I had clearly forgotten forgotten when we recorded the show last week. Proving that he is indeed a very nice man, he wrote to me, reminding me of his name. <laughs> Saying, you didn't give me a name check, you... No, no, actually, he, 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 he titled it, said, no need for a name check. But I think you deserve one, Philip. Thank you, oh. Philip. You're a very nice man. So the, uh, it was Philip. Um, he also... He's a very, he's very, very nice, nice man. man. He also answered... He's a very, very nice He man. also answered... Is that Monty Python? Sorry. Is that Monty Python? He's a very nice man. He's a very, very nice a, man. No, that's... Well, yes, it's um, Life of Brian, isn't it? Is it? No, no, oh, no it's not. not no, Go on. Sorry, I've interrupted you. Not for the first time. Anyway, Philip <laughs> Philip also answered the question that I posed at the end of last week's show, hoping for a, a deluge of uh, audience interaction. Uh, he was the only person who did, though, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> uh, the other correspondent was Phil Smith, organiser of the aforementioned Orpington Swap Meet. Uh, Phil corrected my confusion over the magnet zapper man. Um, I confused him with the chap who sold the cars or whose cars we bought who had all the magnets on it it turns out that they share a surname Sechi, uh, but in fact two different and actually unrelated people one called John and one called Tony so apologies for the confusion but clearly they were both into magnets in some way or other but they were not the same person is that is that something to do with Italian descent I mean Sechi sounds Italian to me I don't know maybe it's Spanish but that sounds like it's in the genes <laughs> Certainly in the surname. So you're, there's a link between being Italian and a fondness of magnets. My, my Italian is not that good. It's non-existent. Maybe Secchi is Italian for magnet. I would say someone will write in and tell us, but, you know, <laughs> but I, I suspect won't. they won't. <laughs> is it that our audience, uh, inverted commas, um, don't give us stuff? or that we're deluding ourselves with an audience. And there aren't, in fact, two Americans listening in. Hello to the Americans listening in, if you are actually listening. I, I think, um, I think yes, we are deluding ourselves. That's definitely true. That's clearly That's true. Clearly That's, true. Yeah, no, no question. But, uh, no, there are, there are people listening. There are people listening. I, I sense they're there. Yeah. There's your mate Orpington for starters. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a, it's, I think it's, you know, it's, a, it's a growing, and it's that, a growing, quiet, you know, sh- relatively shy uh, cohort. <laughs> it's a slow wasting disease, is what I mean. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Anyway, let's get on to you having a rant about something because I know that you've got a few things to get off your chest. Um, rants, or you mean just what caught my eye? Well, or, but usually, the, usually I mean, the same thing. To be fair. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um. I don't think there was anything ranty in what I wrote down in a pre. Um, oh, there was the golf, electric uh, golf, Pagani <laughs> golf livery. Come on, move on. I know it sells. Does that only sell? So that was what I thought. I looked at that thing and thought it's a Pagani. <laughs> uh, how popular are they? And then it's in golf livery. I mean, I know Simon knows his onions and his golf liveries, and I'm sure that sells. But does it only sell in sort of international airport duty-free shops to tourists um, who'd go, oh, golf? Last-minute present for the kid because someone's forgotten. They've gone on a business trip and they've forgotten that their 
kid needs a toy as a present. And so, oh, look, a Pagani in golf livery. That'll do. He likes skull extract. Well, uh, it's that or I think a thing of Toblerone isn't it? <laughs> from the airports. Are you, are you, have you stopped, though? <laughs> I have stopped now, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I need a little sign that I can wave at the camera. This is a podcast, podcast listeners, so you can't see. I need a little sign that says, I finished now. <laughs> well, um, move on. you need what? Yeah, you need one that says, move on. Shut up. I think, um, I don't think it's a, it's a while since you've been in an airport departure lounge, obviously, because I've never seen a slot car for sale in one, not even in Spain. Um, but I think you've hit upon something. I think if there was a Toblerone fantasy livery slot car range, it would go down really well in international departure lounges. So, Simon. When... No, 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 no. You've confused the hell out of me. There was a Toblerone sponsored car. Wasn't there? And a, a nine oh eight. Or am I making that? No, up? you're you no, you're right. There was actually. Yeah. Well it's... And NSR probably have made a model of it and put on decals for headlights. So but, back to that. But no, we're talking about fantasy liveries. Anyway, I think to slightly retread who you were so golf clearly is a good colour combination. People find it popular. I suspect and Simon, um, some people find well, it not some people. I, I think a company like Skeletric wouldn't be making multiple cars in golf livery if they weren't oh, if no. they weren't selling. And I suspect it's collectors of the livery. There's probably people like the same as Coca Cola mm-hmm. or whatever people who collect a certain brand name. Uh, and also, I think you're probably right. Actually, there'll be auntie or uncle. You know, what do I get the nephew for? Something I don't know. I'll get a yep. slot car. Which one? You know, they don't really recognise anything, but they might have seen Le Mans once, and they went, "Oh, that blue and orange one that looks familiar." And these aunties and uncles are basically encouraging Simon to do these things, and they've got to stop. We've got to get aunties and uncles under control and stop them from buying this shizzle because that's what it is, and Simon needs to stop making it. But I think Simon knows who his paymasters are, um, not me, because I still owe him three quid. And um, he's quite happy to knock out the old golf livery. Well, Fair enough. I think it's true. Pays the rent. I'm well, sure. uh, regular listeners, uh, and I'm using plural optimistically, will rem- you are, remember you? the episode we did where we pretended that we ran a slot car company and said, what would we make? Uh, and his very kind comment after that was he wouldn't be taking up any of our advice. <laughs> <laughs> which is that. why he's in the job he's in and we're not so there you go and and we're, we're not, not. But that's a... we're just attention seeking okay. middle-aged men who quite frequently forget where they are and um put out a podcast talking of attention seeking that was the other thing that irked really me. i i <laughs> I think I may have sent you a link, but there's this fellow on Instagram who goes on his holidays and takes his Carrera, Audi, um, some kind of DTM Audi with him and then takes pictures of it on the beach. I mentioned it before, but he's still at it and he's in the Galapagos Islands at the moment. So there's pictures of a a Skelectric's car, for want of a better word, it's a Carrera, um, beside a seal on a beach. What? Uh, Not a seal. And that is attention seeking. I don't don't know what the collective for seals is, but there was at least three or four of them. Flock. I don't think it's. Is it? I don't think it's. It's a flock of seals, isn't it? Oh, no, it's a flock of seagulls. (laughs) I apologize. Anyway, he clearly travels widely, and the car seems to be in one one piece. So he's obviously got the box. So my theory is no, no. My theory is he's been doing this a while, and um, the car's been beaten up because of the way that airport uh, luggage handlers work. And he's actually got a stash of about 10 or so of these cars on a shelf at home. And when a car loses too many wings, mirrors, aerials, gets a bit scuffed up by the bag being thrown onto yet another carousel, um, he just pulls another one off the shelf and goes on his business trip slash holiday and photographs another one. Okay. That's my theory. Well, it's inter- it's an interesting companion piece because on I think he only does it on Facebook. Uh, so the Japanese chap, Mr. Teranishi, uh, hello, if you're listening, I don't think he is, but uh, he takes his car, he does some great photographs. So he lives in uh, Tokyo, I think, and he goes to a slot car club in central Tokyo, and he usually has lunch before or after, and he takes the most 
lovely photographs of his lunch with the car and the car by a monument or a blossom tree and then the car on the truck. And there's usually a little set of four pictures and it's lovely. Now, because I've been to Japan several times, I could have recognised the, the vibe. Uh, but it's a it's a nice thing. It's a it's a hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You recognise the vibe? What the vibe of taking your slot car to lunch with you? No, no, yeah, no. The the buildings and are they all doing it? The, bu oh, the buildings and the the food and things. so it reminds me of my trips to Japan, and um, and the photographs are interesting. Look, you and I both take pictures of slot mm. cars for our own gratification, and it's an endless challenge to try and take them in an interesting way. I mean, otherwise it just ends up being a front three-quarter on a track, doesn't it? Um, which is... Um, I, 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 I want to take issue. I'm not sure I'd do it. I don't take photos for the hell of it. I take photos to try and do something for the club, and I take photos when I'm delighted with a purchase and I send them to you. <laughs> or indeed, I post them on Slot Forum because recently I was delighted with a purchase. Utterly delighted. I commissioned a car. I think I mentioned it an episode or two. Tell us ago. again. Tell us again. It was a bit. <laughs> it was a bit risky. This dude on Instagram appeared in my feed. The way that the algorithm works, he just appeared. I think he's called. Oh God, I've forgotten his name. Mark Maestro Antonio it's, or Mark Antonio. It's, Maestro, a, it's all right. You'll write it and tell you. <laughs> he will. <write. laughs> and he makes. He does bespoke commissions of cars. Uh, slaps some decals on uh put some clear coat on and takes your money and sends it off and they they teased me and they taunted me instagram and him together they were working in cohorts cohorts cahoots um and eventually i contacted him thinking oh i could have his decals and i could do that <laughs> um but he doesn't sell the decals and then i just innocently said okay so you don't so you don't sell them how much is a car then thinking it would be too expensive and I'd move on. And it was a bit expensive, yes. But I just thought, as an exercise in seeing how other people do decals, as a benchmark against my own ham-fisted efforts, I'm going to do this. And there was a Lexus RCF in the Sealmaster, who you reminded me, it's the um, uh, something Sullivan. Va Vassa, Vassa. Vassa, Vassa, Vassa Sullivan. Sealmaster livery. Lexus RCF, yellow with a kind of um, black uh, hexagonal pattern on it. Ordered it, paid for it, thought that was the last I'd seen of my money. Actually, he only takes, he takes it like a deposit when he goes and buys a white kit. And then when he's got that, and when, and when he has painted it up and it is ready, he asks for the next bit of money. So he's not a ripoff merchant. Yeah, I should have, he's waving it at the camera, dear listener. Um, or his die cast. I should have had it so I could wave mine back at you. It came. Um, UPS were rubbish. UPS are rubbish. That's official. And I'm not talking utter slot. <gasps> Will that get me sued? I don't know. Um, it was definitely you that's UPS are rubbish. Definitely you that's yeah, it was me yeah, that yeah. said that. Yeah, yeah. I got evidence. They said it was coming on a Friday when it was supposed to be coming on a Monday. It didn't come on the Friday. Then on the Monday, they said, oh, we're delivering it Tuesday. Genius. This is what the um, internet was invented for. Isn't, anyway, that, isn't, it arrived. Sorry, isn't that a sting song? What? This is what the internet was invented no. for? It's prob prob <laughs> no. Prob that you're thinking of Craig YouTube. David. Oh, was that Craig David? <laughs> Craig David. Oh, old people get their pop <laughs> stars confused. It was clearly... It, I think the Beatles did that one. I know. I'm sure it's a sting song. No, the Craig David is song is like uh, met her on Tuesday, went out on the Wednesday, uh, something happened on Thursday, and now it's Friday. That's that, those are the lyrics. Anyhow, back to me yeah. and my okay. car. Sorry, I, I'm delighted I tried with it. I tried. I tried. The finish is really good. I, it's not amateur at all. Um, slightly annoyed that we missed the drivers' names off the roof, which is. It's going to irk me every time I look at it. Irk is my word for today. Um, but I'm delighted with it. It really is good. And the one big thing about it is it's like day glow yellow. I won't miss it in the dark corners of the Ramsden Memorial. <laughs> what? Yeah, okay, wave that. That's not the livery, livery though, is it? Because that one hasn't got the hexagonal stuff happening on it. You can't see this, dear listener, but um, just uh, let us... Oh, apart from the hexagonal stuff on his diecast car. Okay, so how you said... That this was reasonably expensive, or you you hinted that it was more so. Give us up, so it's more than a Skeletric car. 
more than one Skeletrix car, yes. Than, more than a slotted car? More than a slotted car. More than a Mr. Slot Car Shadow? Which hasn't, the restock hasn't sold out at Pendle, just saying. Just saying. I've, I've heard massive reports of issues with that car, like two <laughs> ad noisy gears, um, it, but, which I think is a cracking actual rate. That, that means it is reliable. Um, uh, it was €114 Euros delivered to my door rather late by UPS, which is, a, I think... I don't know what that equates to um, in in the king's money, um, <laughs> but I thought I was chuffed to bits with it, and I will have to see if he can do me a NSX in Arta livery because that's my dream, and I can't find decals anywhere. There was a dude on slot forum who was going to send me some, and then he just disappeared off slot forum. <laughs> that's a bit, a bit dramatic, but um, yeah, I mean, maybe he's. Go into something else. Um, well, I'm glad that oh, the yeah, crucial yeah, yeah. thing is you're happy with it. Whether it costs you 50 quid or 100 quid, the crucial thing is you're yep. happy. It's a bit like, you know, I picked up a 20 quid Ninko 911 at the swap meet, uh, and the chap had fitted fly black wheels to it from like a 917. And it kind of looked. Did you know that when you yeah, picked yeah, it yeah. up? Yeah, yeah, and it looked sort of right because oh, the right period and the Porsche wheels and stuff but it turned out that I had in a box uh, some of the right Ninko wheels, the sort of gold coloured BBS crossbox uh, which I'd been saving for 15 years or something uh, to try and slotize a Revo kit. Anyway, they've now been reunited with this Ninko and so it's as it should be and it only cost me 20 quid and I think that's great. You do pick up bargains quite, I mean yeah, one of my you pick up one bargains. of my well sometimes and sometimes I don't. I I took quiet delight once in a well-known eBay seller who I won't mention because it's not fair. Um, and uh, <laughs> but I always kind of they always start their auctions low and I kind of follow them along and of course ninety times nine times out of ten they go above what I'm willing to pay. But once I got something and they sent me a note saying, "Well done, you you paid you paid less than I paid for it," so you always feel as though you're winning if that's the case. <laughs> that used to be such a thing in in my already we've established dodgy memory um the 99p start price was a, it was the way you worked on ebay wasn't it but now people seem to not risk that so well, well, i the, don't see so it's many it's the reverse now there's a price and then you you look you just follow it out of interest possibly and you get a here's five percent mm. discount ten percent discount take this yeah. So people are, I presume people are now putting the prices higher than they really want because they're, they're offering you a discount before you've even started haggling. Which, so that I, I said that people don't, I, I follow, I have a saved um, seller uh, called Triplex, who I think is a stalwart of the swap meets. And he, I do believe, does still do 99p starts, but he very rarely has anything I am particularly interested in. Um, though I believe oh, he did sell recently a Van Squish. Uh, JPS F1 Lotus 72. Um, and I started following that because I was curious just to see what they went for these days. You know, go back, um, I hate the phrase, go back pre pandemic, um, probably a bit beyond there as well. They used to go for like 150 quid. Um, how much do you think you got for this one? Uh, 70. Were you watching it as no. well? I just guessed. Oh, went for about 70. I think it went for 72. No, that's the Lotus number. Um, <laughs> I think it went for about 70, maybe 80 quid, which was um, interesting. Very well, interesting. Uh, uh, talking of eBay, uh -huh. I had, um, I was going to say to you, I said, I mentioned it at the, at the lunch that we had. Do, do we get to put that on expenses? Scott? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, as long as people keep buying the merch, then yeah, yeah. Well. I mean, I think well, what was yesterday's lunch was quite expensive, so we probably need to sell what well, I don't know, four t-shirts or something, and a mug. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yesterday, I'm going to jump around a lot here, but I didn't. You said something really? was quite expensive. I, I apologise for taking us to a Michelin starred <laughs> pub. I didn't know it was that good. I said to you when I suggested that we go to it that they do a cracking, or they did. A cracking Scotch egg, yeah. <laughs> and um, 
God, the American listeners are going, what in God's name is Scotch Egg? I know Scott is Scottish. Does he? I don't anyway, lay eggs. Um, no, I don't lay eggs. <laughs> Golden ones. But um, the price of things was quite high. And I'm going to put it out there, not naming the pub, but that sticky toffee pudding was not worth £9.50 of anyone's money. No, uh, that, I was it, was, it was very, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the. I could look at it that you'd you know you'd made me drive for an hour and a half to some pub on the promise of heavenly scotch eggs. Um, there was no scotch eggs. And I, <laughs> They've I, taken it off the menu. And in fact, ah. the menu was so. I, I really I got about there about five minutes before you, and I'd looked at the menu and I looked down at the main courses and saw the the first price that hit my eye was thirty quid, and I thought, oh gulp. Yeah. Uh, and then you came in and arrived. You clearly did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, well, I think what I did was like, where are the scotch eggs? I want a scotch egg. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, yeah, so uh, talking utter slot down the pub, um, I think we have to... Oh, eBay. I was mm -hmm. going to say, um, um, I was really delighted with my recent eBay um, flogging off of Tat. Uh, oh, don't put, <laughs> I don't put that in the description. <laughs> Just, yeah. oh, no, now I've hoisted myself. Yeah, there, yeah. No, uh, the stuff I sell on eBay is... Top quality, uh, totally top totally, quality. Totally, totally top quality, um, yeah. And then I got home from our lunch. <laughs> Pedro's motor. And there was a mess. <laughs> Speed craze moron, obviously. That's my ID. Um, I got home to a message from a dude saying, uh, I haven't received anything. <gasps> and it's like two weeks later. I know, I was a bit, I, was a bit, I didn't quite understand because it was on a 48-hour delivery, I think. And two weeks later, he's getting in touch saying, uh, hasn't been delivered. I think I would, how long would you wait for a 48 hour delivery not to arrive before you got in touch with the seller? Depends if I was on holiday or not. Okay, good point, well made. Damn, didn't think of that. What okay. would it be, half term? Well, I'd only give it like, if it's going to be a two day delivery, I'd give it a week top whack and then I'd get in touch with the buyer, or the seller. Anyhow, um, it looks, he's a great uh, chap. Um, he has to tolerate my idiocy in the messages, but um, Royal Mail say they've tried to deliver it, and uh, I've asked him to go and check with the Royal Mail. So a little bit of stuff there about eBay and uh, personal problems I have with <laughs> delivering and selling stuff. <laughs> Over to you, Scott. What can you save this podcast? Save the podcast. Different. I don't know if we can do that. Um, <laughs> I, I, well, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about something, and I'm gonna come back to you because you went somewhere. Uh, at the weekend, which involved Did. old cars, but you also spotted a slot car. So we'll come. I'll just collect your mm. thoughts while I'm talking. Um, I what I built recently was not a car; it was a Carrera. It was a hospitality tower, a sort of three-story with a pit garage below it thing that I got from my sister for my birthday. Thank you very much. Made of plastic, of course. Carrera. Pet oh. buildings are made of. What else would it be made of? Well, cardboard, because you told me about the figures. Ah, no, no, no. So the hospital, you can look up. Carrera Hospitality Tower. I've already got the pit garages with the little hospitality suites above it. And it's, I have a nice run of those beside my fly pit lane. It's really nice. Um, anyway, I got this, and you stack it on top with a pit garage, three stories high, spiral staircases, curved glass. It's very reminiscent of. Uh, the BRDC club at Silverstone. Well, sort of. Um, but the little, rather than give you figures, because obviously Carrera sell figures, which they'd like you to buy, um, they give you little um, printed colour cardboard stand-ups of people. Uh, so there's a bar and somebody sitting at the bar, and there's a group chatting and there's a couple standing and there's a guy on his own. And um, when you put them inside and they're you're just glancing through the window, it looks quite effective. So that was for the cardboard bit. But no, I built the three-tory. One slight problem, of course, is it sort of blocks your view of the track <laughs> because it's quite <laughs> it's quite tall. Um, and it is one of those challenges where I love buildings, and I love the old Skeletrix buildings, and the Carrera, new Carrera ones are lovely as well. But as you put more and more of these things on your track, there's kind of less and less sight line. Uh, but it's not so much a problem because I'm just playing, but it is, uh, it is a bit of a challenge if anybody new comes along. But um, I'm going to, and this is a statement of intent rather than a commitment, I'm going to decorate the interior, I think, some sort of flooring, because uh, it's just white at the minute, so I've got some sort of fake 
carpet tiling and little chairs or something. So I'm on the lookout on eBay for old Britain's things. That's the one search 130 second stuff. It's amazing what you get. I once bought a castle, a 130 second castle, uh, which I've never taken out of the box. But that's that's. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're proud of the fact you bought it. Oh, you never taken it out of the box. Uh, no, we need an intervention. <laughs> no, no, no. Tell, tell us, tell us about your visit at the weekend. Then. Oh no, I want to hang on. You don't just get to describe your career, uh, hospitality, cardboard figures, stuff like that. I was going to say you said something about you know detailing it. That's that is part of the joy. Oh, you're waving the cardboard people at me now. We'll take a photo and put it on the YouTube version. Um, part of the joy is getting one of those figure uh, figures, getting one of those buildings and sort of super detailing it, isn't it? That's what the um, that's what the train people would call it, super detailing, I think, and and weathering it and making it look nice. In my loft, because um, I did open the box, uh, is a Cavera grandstand, a small one. Um, I think it's sort of modelled on Barcelona, uh, the stadia, the grandstands they have there. We've got very, yeah, he's waving his arms, dear listener, um, very curvy. And um, I like the look of them. But any time I've ever put it on a, a track, beside a track, it's looked completely lost and completely wrong because I don't have the scale, I suppose, of track. But every now and then you see on Instagram or somewhere, there's a, um, who is it? Uh, there's Fantastic Scaletric, I think is the account. And they just daily put photos up of other people's tracks. And every now and then there'll be somebody, some lucky sod who's got a line of four or five of these things. And they do look pretty impressive particularly if you put some cardboard or otherwise figures on them and you you know just dirty them up a bit so that the concrete looks a bit more realistic that's i i find a joy in the scenery as much as a joy in the cars and the I, i'm glad you said that because i do but i think that's where there's a luxury that comes from having a permanent setup like i've got so i can put stuff out and leave it if you're having to build a track on the living room floor every bank holiday weekend then it's not so easy but yeah but it is one of the joys yeah, yeah it is one of the joys and i think i've said i've said before i think the the subliminal brainwashing of those old skeletrics catalogs where they had the pit lane and the all the buildings and everything and all especially the painted ones with the sort of exaggerated perspective it just looked so bloody good that buying them to try and recreate this sort of sensation. And there's a there's an issue, I think, when you because Skeletrics track is effectively if you scaled it up, it wouldn't even be a go-kart track. I mean it's it's far too tight and <laughs> twisty for that. Um so when you put scale buildings and people beside it, you kind of emphasize that the track is not the right scale. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's a there's a bit of a double edged sword. So I've got a modern pit lane which I kind of photograph without trying to show anything else, and I've got an old pit lane which I photograph without trying to show anything else, and various bits and pieces. So that because if you take an overall picture, it just looks like a complete mess. But if you can zoom in, it's sometimes quite effective. Mm. I um, yeah, I think they knew what they were doing with those adverts many years ago they were just planting the seed and it's a long burn because they had to wait till we got the disposable income as older gits um before we could buy them i like some of the um some of the american routed tracks hmm. that uh, that man whose name i got wrong luff um inspired made himself and inspired in others some of the american ones where they uh, routed three laners the three-laner ones tend to give a bit more space uh, to the scenery and stuff, and they tend to be the most effective ones, I think, because they have a... Uh, they, I'm thinking of a couple. They have a good deal of runoff in the corners and stuff, and they look the business. Are you talking about slot mods? They tend to be three-laden tracks that they make. I have no idea what you mean. Slot mods? You must have heard of slot mods. No. You need to go. Uh, you, you, well, you mentioned you need, it. Do you remember the, it, the earlier? Do you remember recently the, the the track that was built inside a Gulf nine eleven nine one seven? Oh, I know slot yeah. marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Idiot. Yeah. So they do that. Um, no, I'm, I was referring to Luff. I think the website's gone now, but he inspired a generation. He inspired a generation, <laughs> not with his "I have a dream" speech, but with his "I've got a router" speech, uh, or his rather is "I've got a router" videos. 
And um, there used to be quite a few that I just looked at and got all, yeah, misty-eyed and jealous. Okay, of well, I've got, I've got... Anyway, you you talked of perspective. Did did we ever mention um, uh, <laughs> Dave Kennedy's video where he unboxed, uh, unboxed um, one of the new resin control tower thingies from Skelextric? And I messaged you and said, what's going wrong here? Because he, he appears to be sitting on the floor in front of a table and the camera's wide angle and in front of him and he ends up looking really small and the control tower ends up looking massive i mean he's complaining about the weight of it all the way through the unboxing uh or not complaining commenting on it and then um it just it, it looked it amused the hell out of my tiny little mind that uh dave appeared to be really small at the back of this table with this mahoosive control tower in front of well, him. maybe he was going for like uh, a that, lot that's perspective for yeah you. maybe he was going for a lord of the rings kind of effect you know trying to <laughs> Lord, don't know. Anywho, yeah, Sunday I went to Bicester, uh, which is how the American can I, listeners would. Can I, having it, it having encouraged you to talk about that, can I pause you just for a second because this is such a oh, good moment. What? It's such a good moment to to recommend to you and the listeners that they go on YouTube and they search for LK Lunch King as a channel. LK Lunch King. It's an American guy who normally does reviews of when he goes for lunch, but. <laughs> his uncle, his uncle has got the most amazing slot car track uh, in I've his seen basement. It. Yep, and the reason the reason I mentioned it's it massive. is massive, and he's he made his own sort of digital solution or multi lane solution. Yeah, and the reason he did it is he wanted multiple cars, six cars, but he didn't like the the lack of scale effect of a wide track. He wanted a narrow track so that looked realistic, and he developed this. Um, AC system basically, um, so that it can run uh, cars on multiple cars on one lane. But the track is all self built, it's beautiful. I mean, definitely worth getting yourself a couple of cups of tea and a biscuit and sitting and watching them. So, LK Lunch King, um, you, you'll... I did not know that, um, that was the I've seen it, I didn't know the name of the um account or the real premise for it, taking photos of your lunch. Oh, no. <laughs> These people. Well, it, what are they like? it's an interesting thing because that's what you set his channel up for, and the the lunch videos get a few hundred views. <laughs> the videos of his uncle's slot car track get a million. So you know that's there you go. <laughs> oh, the irony! Oh, the irony. Anyway, but come you went you went to Bicester. <laughs> did I? Yes, I did. did. I went to Bicester Scramble um again because i love it and it's uh, just down the road from me uh, which is this thing on an old um second world war um air station uh with lots of original buildings it's called bista heritage is the name of the site and um, they have lots of original buildings hangars a control tower which very looks very much like um the ethics kit one in 172nd scale that probably you have built yeah, I don't think I ever did build that one, but um, and they throw they've become like a motor hub, and they throw open the doors uh, three, four, five times a year. You pay your money, you go along, and you park your car, um, and then people almost spend as much time walking around the car park to see the interesting, weird, and wonderful cars that are parked up as they do going into the grounds where the buildings and the bunkers and the um, the officers mess buildings are where they will invite and um, park up a whole load of really interesting cars um and uh, uh, i'm waxing more lyrical about that than i am slot cars aren't i there was a slot car for the first time i saw a slot car uh set up there i think it's called havenwood raceway they were there running um some kind of little competition so that you to, to raise money for one of the motorsport charities I didn't have a go before you ask because it was digital and that's just uh, wrong. Mission Motorsport. Uh, and, plus, and plus, I probably couldn't do I, it. I think it, I think it was a Mission, Mission Motorsport, Motorsport. That would be it. Yeah, yeah. And it was um, it was interesting to see uh, because I've often thought about trying to get uh, promote the Oxford Club via them, and I have been in touch with them, but um, it's a little tricky because they are a fully commercial enterprise. Um, but I had a great time. I sent you some photos. I had a uh, I love. Bicester Scramble, and it was the first time I got to park with the uh, the Panzer in the pre nineties section, 
um, because normally I have to park with the ordinary cars. But this time I went in Das Panzer and parked it up. And then there was a whole Mercedes. Um, there was quite a few Mercedes kicking around, which is I was hoping to be the only one. <laughs> this is there was a beautiful two point three, uh, a two eighty CE two point three, absolutely minter. Loved it. Sorry, digression. You you you're lost on the tiny reverie there. There isn't a slot car yeah. model of that car, is there? I don't think. No, and rightly so because it's uh, it's two tons of heavy metal that doesn't particularly <laughs> go very fast, and I don't believe anyone raced them. Did I send you a picture? I did send you a picture of um, the red AMG that Cavera have made uh, cornering hard somewhere. I don't know if it's Nurburgring or what, but it's uh, the front left is it looks like it's, it's waggling in the three ear. feet off the ground. Yeah. It's fantastic shot. God, the man who's driving that like that had some cojones, didn't he? I mean, what was it? Six litres. That thing's moving, and it's only got three wheels on the tarmac. Brilliant. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beast. Yep. Um, going back to road cars as slot cars, though, so slot car models of road cars, um, I, I think that's a subject that's worth kind of exploring because obviously they get made, um, and not just... They're fairly consistently getting made, and not just historic ones. Uh, and over the time, I've managed to, and I'd, I normally, I think, oh no, I only racing cars, but guddling through my boxes, uh, I found I've got quite a whoa, few. Whoa, 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 whoa! Stop doing what through your boxes? Guddling. You know what guddling is, don't you? No. Is that because you're from a foreign country? You <laughs> use different words. <laughs> it's guddling is what you do when you put your hands in the river. And you're standing quietly, and you get a fish comes along, and you gently kind of just tickle it, and you tickle the tickle fish, and it's guddling. That's that's guddling, guddling. There's no guddling. There's no R in it. Guddling. Oh, guddling, 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 guddling. Which is reminding me, I do want to buy some iron brew. <laughs> I want to get some iron brew and drink it because it's made from gardas. <laughs> I love that advertising. Sorry, digression. Um, it works. You were tickling a fish, Scott. <laughs> no, I was, I was digging out slot cars, and there was these were non-racing cars, uh, and I was running them around the track, and I was having fun, uh, which I thought that's the thing. These they're lovely models, um, and they're just as credible as they. You, you could race them, I suppose, but um, but you know they're nice, and uh, they've got their, no. they've got their place in the world. No, no you you don't. See them. No, they haven't. No, okay. No, they haven't. No. I am uh, as much as I hate golf liveries. Ah! I hate fantasy liveries, and I hate the basic road car. What is the point in the basic road car? Well, there is no point. Could you, you and I, I think, are unlikely to ever to be able to afford, let's say, a Lamborghini Countach. Well, you say that. So well, I, yeah, I would, you know, which, in which case... I do do the Euro Millions. In which case, uh, lunch, in which case lunch is definitely on you. To but uh, <laughs> but um, the... Um, this is a bit like, you know, it's one step up from a die-cast. So you buy a die-cast model, a nice model of a car that you like, for whatever reason, the shape, the, the sculpture of it, but you can put it on the track and drive it around. Surely that is the whole essence of a slot car. A model car um, that yes. you can drive around. Yes. And then as you drive it, so do you drive it around at pretend 30 miles an hour? No. You try and go fast. And then as you go fast, you realize that you are doing something called racing. And for that, you really need a racing car with a correct racing livery. Road cars. No. This is why auto art didn't didn't stay the course because they didn't have enough racing libraries. Okay, well, they, they came from being a die-cast company, so I can understand. I know, and they thought they knew it all, and they were proved wrong by the boys at Margate who did them over. You make that sound like the plot of an upcoming B-movie on Netflix, you know, the slot wars. I was going to say, <laughs> streaming. <laughs> Streaming on Netflix. Pretentious, up, pretentious upstart seen off by the boys from Margate. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> the boys from Margate. That's, that sounds like a gang of people who go around searching for Nazis or something. Well, they'll be looking for you because you still owe them money. And, you know, so you be careful. Yeah. Be careful. 
Um, I wonder if he's going to be at... Um, remind me before I go to Gaiden that I need to have at least three quid in my pocket. And glasses. And the torch. And glasses. And a nine-volt battery. But I'm a pit box because I'm racing. You're racing. So, yes, people, if you want to... Mm. Uh, we started the show speculating that Pedro might not be real and that I'm just some sort of elaborate ventriloquist. But he is real. And if you want to see the man in action... Oh, no, 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 no. Don't encourage... No! Oh, God. Ah, there goes my anonymity. I don't want people going... Is that him? him. Uh, he's shorter than I thought. Well, you're going to be wearing the merch, aren't you? Surely. A good point. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, wearing merch and platform shoes. <laughs> I know. And when I said I said I'm racing again, what I really should have said is I'm making up the numbers. Yeah, 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 yeah. You say that. You've been. I'll bet you're out in the shed, fettling your what's it? Oh my shaving God. your chassis. Sean. Sean has made so much money out of me these last few weeks because I've been putting in almost a regular order for hubs and tires and uh, bushings and all these polycarbonate. I reckon the boys in um, in Lancashire go, oh, look, there's another order from him. He's buying more. He's buying- <laughs> he can't get it right, so he's buying more. <laughs> Apologies to Sean for the really rubbish. Oh, that's so wonderful, yeah. That's a- I love you boys, dearly. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, uh, but uh, as as we speak, there is another order. <laughs> there genuinely is another order. It's my third order of hubs, uh, tires, and uh, other bits and bobs. Well. Well, how many? Uh, I did. I, I, how many cars are you going to be racing? This is the ridiculous thing. The, all this uh, is just to try and get my Ferrari, and remember, I don't like Ferraris, uh, into some kind of decent form. Because I went and bought one for the event. I've got two um, polycars, and my Lotus 72 has never run particularly well. Uh, my March is a beast. Um, but I thought, I don't know, I just thought I wanted to run something different. And it was an excuse to buy another car, really, wasn't it? And I don't like Ferraris, so I bought a Ferrari. But I didn't realize the Polycar Ferrari, was it 312B? Um, the one I've got, Andretti's one, has smaller hubs than the others. And I didn't realize that at the time. And it's causing me some consternation. And it's causing some orders to Sean. So Sean's happy as Larry. <laughs> <laughs> but So it's one car, which last time I checked had four wheels. Only two, yes. only two of which touch the track. Yes. And how many hubs have you bought? I'm probably onto my third set of hubs now. I, it, it, only You've because twelve hubs. <laughs> no two. Um, only because uh, it's complicated. It sounds ridiculous, but it is more complicated than that. I like having a spare set of hubs kicking around the place. <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, <laughs> there's a t- there's a t-shirt legend. Let me write that down. At, like at home with Pedro, you can just see the pool quote <laughs> on the page. I like to have a spare set of hubs around the place. And my cleaner comes in. She always tucks. Oh goes, God, you've got a cleaner! Are you definitely can pay for lunch the next time? Yeah. I'm joking. I haven't got a cleaner. That was just, I was painting a picture, Scott. I was painting a picture. I haven't got a cleaner. Jesus, look at the state of my house. I haven't got a cleaner. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, blah, 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 blah. I wanted to, uh, I wanted a spare axle because I figured I needed one. <laughs> what? I wanted a spare ri- bushings because I figured I needed you're, one. There's a risk you're going to break them when the race. How tough is this track? No, I, I just wanted to be prepared, Scott. I'm not taking this <laughs> lightheartedly. I'm as serious as cancer when I say I'm going to rhythm as a dancer. No, I'm I'm serious about this. I'm I'm aiming for a podium. Well, <laughs> or a wooden spoon. So, as we said, if you want to see a man cry because he spent so much money on <laughs> money on hubs, hubs, <laughs> and still not win the race, <laughs> go along to Gaydon uh, and the UK Slot Car Festival uh, in the twenty second of May. I think it is. Is it twenty first? Something like could be something like that. Um, which leads me to mention uh, my next competitive outing. I think. Which is going to be oh more clubbing for you at the Ab- Abergavenny Slot Rally Club, which is uh, down in Abergavenny, funnily enough. And on the fourth of June, <laughs> they're going to be having one of their slot rallies. Now, I've done, I've been down there and done slot rallies with those guys for 
a long time. I actually can't remember the first one I went to. It's got to be, I'm going to say it might even be 20 years ago because it was on the way back from one of their events that we hatched the plot of having Slot Rally GB um, and eventually that led to the event at Epsom and all that sort of thing. So um, these guys have been doing slot rallies for ages and it's always great fun. I never, I say I never win. There are various classes for different kinds of cars. There are always people who go very, very fast. That's great. I tend to take something I think is going to be interesting, like a TR7. That's the <laughs> spirit. That's the spirit. Well, yeah. it's kind of a way of going, well, I'm not going to win. So if I, if I take my SRC Lancia, I'll probably just break it and I would win. Whereas if I take my, what's the most ridiculous car I've ever taken? Um, I can't remember. Something that was clearly too slow. But I say a TR7 is an unmodified one. Um, anyway, the look, the, it's open for entries. It's only four quid per car, and it's classics or 80s and 90s, i.e. the kind of Group B stuff or modern rally cars. So you can enter up to four cars. And there's multiple stages, and you go around with a group of people, and you drive the stages multiple times, just like a real rally. You keep track of your times, and they add them all up, and there's even bacon sandwiches at the beginning. Uh, so it's prop oh. proper good fun. And you've said you, rally. And you said you wouldn't come. So I'm disappointed in yeah. that, but I'm going. The only thing that's missing is the rain and the mud, frankly. I mean, it's in Wales, <laughs> but, you know, it's, there's no, no rain and mud. No, good fun. I'm looking forward to that. And I haven't bought uh, any spare hubs, axles, <laughs> or anything else. Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. I'll take, I'll take that as a compliment. I'll take that as a compliment. I'm all in favour of just racing for the fun of it and the spirit. I think I may have said before, but I quite frequently... Um, put on cars you know, on uh, the grid at Oxford that I like. Occasionally I'll get all uber competitive, but most of the time I'm putting on cars I like. So in the sideways um, group five, uh, I'll put on, I know it's not uber competitive, but I'll put on, mm, it can be actually, I'll put on Miss Alika or Miss Skyline. Ah, Miss Skyline's quite competitive actually. I I just for fun, I put on my very competitive cars. <laughs> <laughs> um well they've you know they've been through the race tune by pedro program and they're is that a, pretty good is that a sticker oh, have you got I, have you got a sticker seeing that on the chassis on the bottom i should do you should I? definitely yeah. do oh yeah like like the um sechi cars that we had, well, that had well not only that what did they say uh handmade, handmade. not only that though my, my good friend gareth jecks who the aforementioned slot rally etc he gave up slot cars a few years ago and he sold his entire collection and um, I still see some of the cars at Swap Beach. You pick it up and turn it over, and it's got one of his stickers on the underside. So he sold his entire collection. That was uh, that was a proper revelation moment he had, wasn't it? I mean, he didn't hang on to anything. Uh, oh wow! If he did. and he must have had a bloody good collection, I would guess he did. Speculating well, he did. He did. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I acquired a few of them before they before the, they entered into the commercial realm, as it were. Um, but, yeah, lots of good stuff. But it's fun to see them, and you can pick a car up on a stand, and it's got, oh. So I think, well, I know that was Gareth's, and it went to scale models, and it's been sold to, from there, and then some of the other traders has got it. So these these things are sort of tracking about. It, but we mentioned that, didn't we, in an early episode? Because Mark, we had a little chat with Mark in the canteen, and he said how it was amusing that cars did the rounds and went from dealer to dealer. Via punters, presumably, punter buys it from, uh, let's say, Phil Smith. Give him another shout out, uh, and has it for a wee while, and then sells it onto Mark Scale, and then maybe it goes back into Phil Smith. I like the idea that these cars are circulating, being enjoyed, and maybe not being enjoyed if they're being sold that often, but um, they're circulating within the. It's the it's just like the real classic car movement. You know, these things get uh, bought and sold all the time. Anyway, before we get too nostalgic about all that, so events coming up, Slot Car Festival, Abergavenny Rally, if you fancy going to either of them, look them up on the website do. and do, do come along. Well, that's it for another episode of our favourite podcast. I won't claim that it's anyone else's favourite podcast, but it's definitely our favourite podcast. Uh, I'm off to check the post for my latest purchase. Uh, I was hoping it would arrive in the middle of the show with a little doorbell from the... Do we get any clues? Do we get any clues? It's green. Uh, oh, my God. No, you haven't bought what you said you needed to buy. 
from German manufacturer with multiple wheels. Ah, no, no, not yet. It's no. not available okay. yet. It's not available right. yet. Oh, is it not? I thought it was. I saw some photos on the... Um, there was a on the picture ground. on Instagram. We're talking about the race truck from Carrera. And one of the noble order of the controller. Noble order of the controller. There's one which is British Racing Green with a Union Jack all over the rear wing, and it's called something like Ironclad or something. I can't remember now what the name. Anyway, <laughs> it's very very British, and um, I, I want one when it comes out. So, but no, it's not that. It's not yet. Is it very British? It, it's not very. It's painted and it's decorated very very British, but it looks nothing like a British thing. It's got six wheels. It's got a very. Um, imaginative pseudo american look to it and a massive rear wing no it's not british uh well well clearly it's not british it's made by an austrian company and it's a fantasy vehicle but it's green yeah, yeah, it's yeah. green and it's got a union jack on it can you get with the program right um don't, don't anybody who wants to make a joke about the royal family being german yawn anyway that's what I <laughs> so i'm going to check whether my but no it's not that it is a carrera that i'm waiting for and it is green um, Ooh, you, okay. Well, I'm intrigued, and you don't like them, but that doesn't really matter. Don't don't tell us, Scott, 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 Scott. Don't tell us what it is, because now what we do is we hook the listeners in, and they have to listen to episode 19 to find out what you bought. They know what I bought, hubs, but you, they don't know, so they have to listen to episode 19. This is the way we're. This is where we're going wrong. We're not hooking people. This is with the whole next time out. This is the way. On talking up. <laughs> anyway, that's for next time. This time, thanks for listening, everybody. And I'm, I'm hoping there's more than one. <laughs> Thank Listening to us? Yes. Oh, have we supposed to end it? We're supposed to, That was your cue to say goodbye. Do you know that thing? You know uh, how I write that script, that running order, and then yeah. you don't read it, do you? And then I ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I you know, say goodbye, Pedro. I'd like to say um, goodbye, Pedro. Ow, just hit me. <laughs> uh, hang on. So I was. Say fever. Apologies. Oh, I recorded that as well. That's going on at the end. <laughs> uh, take two.